Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Resources and Activities. 
And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, first of all, is that Domestic Violence Awareness Month started with kind of a remembrance of uh, women who were uh, killed during domestic violence situations. And it started way back in 1981. So that's, you know, 20, what is that, 23 years ago. It's been around for quite some time, and yet has everyone heard of it? Has every, is everyone aware of Domestic Violence Awareness Month? We're sure uh, aware of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We see the pink everywhere we look. And again, I think that's great. Um, but I also wish we could uh, do as much to uh, let people know about domestic violence and the color purple, which symbolizes it. Sometimes in the past 23 years, the Domestic Violence Awareness uh, Month has been used to commemorate uh, people who have died in domestic violence, and uh, there's been plenty of them. I know uh, one year, well, for several years, uh, there was a program called um, uh, Silent Witness. I'm not clear whether they're still doing that, but basically what it is is it's a card, uh, uh, a plywood cutout, life-size, of men, women, and children who have died as a result of domestic violence. And those um, cutouts were, um, I know here in Washington, Washington State Coalition uh, had them for quite some time. And again, I'm not aware whether they still do or not. But um, it was what they would do is loan them out for different events, and people would just set up those um, uh, silent witnesses to domestic violence, and it was so impressive to see that um, that crowd of cutouts representing all the people who have been killed by domestic violence. Ruth, are you with us? I am. My apologies. Okay. Oh, that's okay. That happens. <laughs> yes. I've been, I've been yammering on and on a little bit about the history of domestic violence and a program that we had out in Washington State, and I'm, I'm not clear whether we're still doing it or not. I haven't kept up. Uh, with it, um, but it was called the Silent Witnesses. Have yes. you heard? Yeah, are the, are yes. the coalition still doing that? The coalition, um, not the national coalition, not not us. We've moved to social media this year. I'm hoping that one day we will revive that particular um, activity. It's so powerful. Um, I remember uh, the Silent Witness, and I remember the T-shirt project as well. Both of those were really quite powerful. And silent witnesses, I, I, I think, and, and again, I may be making a big presumption here, but I think that they're they're costly to produce because they're made out of plywood, and they're you know they use those special saws where they make, can make shapes. And um, I sound like a real handyman, don't I? Those special saws that can make. <laughs> right. Well, and I guess you know what you, I mean. I, Yes, I think um, people across the United States that picked up the project got really creative and began to use different kind of materials that would withstand um, October weather, so to speak. So, uh, ah. yes, uh, uh, more plywood, more, um, I, I forget what the material is called, but it's the the um, heavy-duty poster board. Um, and oh, you just yeah. Put a, yeah, you just put a... Uh, dowel on it, and uh, so people got really creative uh, because the National Coalition wasn't the only one that did the Silent Witness Project. Many of the states picked it up and did their own yeah. versions, uh, particularly. But sadly, in I think when uh, I last heard about it, and again, I'm I'm 
am not part of the commemorative from our Washington State Coalition, but I believe part of the issue was, first of all, they were heavy and cumbersome yes. to transport. Yes. But also, as the years went on, we needed more and more, unfortunately. Yes. yes. And um, which is very sad. So yes. hopefully somebody out there is, is doing that because as as I, I remember one year um at our Washington State Capitol on the, the grounds there they set the silent witnesses up and oh my goodness. It it just was such an it had such an impact on everyone who was able to see that. All these um people, you know, all of these these uh uh silhouettes out there on the lawn and there were so many of them. It was very yes. impressive. Yeah. Yes, so you, absolutely. You mentioned that um, the coalition is the national Co- coalition is doing more social media. Would you explain what you're doing with that? Sure. Um, so this year, um, for various and sundry reasons, and we know that we're living in a different time and place, um, we we have t- decided to take our. Um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month activities to social media. And what we've done this year is um, developed uh, three hashtags for Twitter, and then we've developed a Facebook campaign. And if you'll indulge me for a moment, I'll tell you about all of those. Sure, please do. Okay, great. So the Facebook campaign is um, what we're calling uh, Memorial Monday. And so every Monday we have... um, we have four profiles of celebration of life of four people who have lost their lives due to domestic violence. We've, families have asked us over the years and many times, um, you know, a week, um, I'd like to remember or I'd like to have a memoriam for um, my daughter or my sister or whomever. This year we thought we would... Um, do four of them. So every Monday, uh, we did our first one last Monday, and there'll be another one coming up this Monday. But every month through the month of October, or every Monday through the month of October, we'll be doing a Facebook profile of a memorial for someone who's lost their life to domestic violence. And it's really about a celebration of life versus um, any of the details that may have um, brought an end to their lives. So we're we're really pleased with it, and the response to it has been overwhelming. Um, really? Both, oh, yeah, it's been tremendous. We have so many requests to do it next year that we're um, already planning what that will look like for us next year. Um, people oh, don't awesome. often have a forum where they can talk about their loved one's lives. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it's it's been it's been phenomenal. So that's our Facebook campaign. And then we've moved to Twitter for the month of October with three different hashtags, the first hashtag is Memorial Monday, so we're going to be doing the same thing on Twitter, and we're allowing, not allowing, but we're asking people to use the hashtag Memorial Monday if they'd like to use those 140 characters to talk about a loved one. Um, that has also been quite successful. And every Monday uh, we're seeing um, people um, identifying their loved ones. Then we have a second one, um, which is called Man Stand, and it's M-A-N-S-T-A-N-D. And it is um, asking men whose voices aren't often heard, and we really want to encourage them because not only um, do we recognize that in some instances men are victims, but we want men to understand that, that we acknowledge and support their voices in the fight to end domestic violence. 
So we're asking men to use that hashtag to identify what they're doing about domestic violence during this month, whether it's teaching their children what healthy relationships are, whether they put on their purple shirt and went to work one day or they're wearing their purple ribbon or if they're a part of an organization that's doing something about violence against women. Um, and we've seen a few responses to that. And then the third one we is called... Sell- we should sell purple ties as a fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're right. You know purple what? Neckties. That's a great idea. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, our vice president, anytime he's speaking about the Violence Against Women Act or domestic violence, he has on a purple tie. So I actually think that's a great idea. <laughs> I think so too, because I, you know, maybe some men are reluctant or, or feel it wouldn't be appropriate absolutely. to wear a purple shirt, but. Um, you know, a necktie, purple necktie. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm going to put it on the list (laughs) for our store. (laughs) And uh, and I guarantee you it will sell. It will. Um, I'm always about the money. It's like we can't keep doing good work if we don't have funding to do it. Um, So I always, my, my gears are always, you know, gearing up for what is that, grinding, trying to figure out how we can make a buck so that we can keep doing the work. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I take any and all uh, ideas. We absolutely do. Uh, And then the third (laughs) one is called uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month Action. So it's D-V-A-M, Action. And what we're asking people to do, in particular our local programs, is to use that hashtag on Twitter to talk about the interesting creative or standard things that they're doing um, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We've had such things as one person ask everyone in the office to dye their hair purple <laughs> and uh, stated that that elicited a lot of conversations and about why they were doing that. I bet it did. Um, yeah. You know, so very. I, I told you I have my purple streak in my hair. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and, you know, some some communities are holding their rallies or their candlelight vigils, or some communities are um, having uh, movie screenings, um, those kinds of things to elicit dialogue about domestic violence. So there's there's many many different activities taking place, very creative thoughts and ways to raise awareness about domestic violence. So we're asking them to use that hashtag to get the message out. Yeah. So. You know, give us a call if your organization or you personally are doing something um, uh, a little different to, or, or even uh, you know something traditional that we've been doing uh, about domestic violence awareness. The call-in number is six four six three seven eight zero four three zero. That's six four six three seven eight zero four three zero. And one of the things that I like so much about Domestic Violence Awareness Month, besides the fact that it lets people know and it brings it to the forefront uh, for people to think about and hopefully learn about, is that so much about domestic violence is so sad. It is so yes. sad and, and so hurtful. And and this is a month, this is a, a time when, as you said, we can we can think about the good things. We can think about, you know, the the loved ones and what wonderful things they, they mm-hmm. did in mm-hmm. the world and, and what great people they were. We can think about, uh, we can talk about uh, good, good programs that are going on to uh, help, you know, women who are in this, this situation. And yes, people, I do say women, because the vast, vast majority of domestic violence victims are women. Uh, despite what you may see on the internet, to the contrary, and um, it, it's it, 
to me, it's a very positive time. It's not necessarily a time where we have to say, oh, this many people died, this many, you know, this many people are hospitalized, this many people have lifelong disabilities. This, you know, it's a time when we can say, look, look what we're doing, and this is a positive thing to do. And you can do it, too. So, um, so let's talk about some of the other things that um, uh, people are, and organizations are doing to acknowledge Domestic Violence Awareness uh, Month. And I know out yeah, I'm based in the Seattle area, and I know out here a wonderful woman named Victoria Throm, who works for the city of Covington, started a program called Purple Lights Night, or Purple Night Lights. I, don't, I can't keep it straight. I think it's Purple Light Night. And um, what she did was talk the city into, uh, you know, how they always have the, the uh, holiday lights out and everything. She convinced them to put purple lights out for the month uh-huh. of October uh-huh. to, to acknowledge domestic violence. Uh, Awareness Month. And it grew like crazy. And the last I checked, um, there were something like six different countries that were do it, participating. Oh my uh, there, there were states all over the place that were participating. Um, it, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful program, and it really does. Again, it's positive. You've got those purple lights out there, and and people like looking at strong lights, you know. And and it can kind of trigger in them, hey, they're purple for a reason, and this is the reason. Um, so she's done a great job all on her own of, of uh, promoting a wonderful program. What are some of the other things that you've seen? Well, there's a couple of really traditional and popular events that um, happen nationwide. One of the most popular, speaking of men being involved in this discussion and um, raising awareness, um, a lot of communities across the United States are doing a walk in a, mi- a mile in her shoes. And oh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. It, and it's funny, yeah. it's fun. Yes, it's fun. They have a great time. Um, men get the opportunity to literally walk in women's shoes. They usually do a mile in high heels or pumps or those types of shoes, and it raises um, um, a really good. Uh, way of talking about domestic violence. Uh, like you said, so it's not all doom and gloom, but but it, it offers the opportunity uh, for people to have fun, but also mm-hmm. recognize that, that women have a different walk than men do, and men are taking that opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I have seen that. I think, uh, listeners, if you want to Google uh, uh, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes and see some of the – there's some video out there that is just hysterical, yes. seeing these yes. guys yes. walking in these high-heeled shoes, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I wonder how many of them go home and soak their feet after going a whole mile. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, I'm sure many of them do. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw that a couple of years ago, I thought, where are they finding these high heels big enough for these guys? Right, right. But I, I guess, I, yeah. yeah. I guess they can find them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, um, you know, um, other communities are just being really creative. We've heard of, we've heard of uh, fundraisers at bowling alleys where. Um, you have to pay a certain amount to bowl, and you have to wear your purple shirt, and those types of things, particularly in the rural communities, they have to get pretty creative around what they're doing um, year to year, and they need to change up every year. Um, so there's some more untraditional things occurring. Lots of film screenings um, as fundraisers and awareness um, 
So um, just those kinds of things that are that are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also uh, you were talking about the purple purse thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Several, explain several, that. Yes. Well, there's several. Um, activities. I, I, um, purple purse is only one of the similar types of activities where um, uh, organizations are putting items up that are purple, and you get an opportunity to bid on them, and the winner um, gets the item. Um, but there's a whole lot of education that occurs in the process of bidding, um, and I think that that's really creative and fun. The purple purse. There's a purple kit that I saw yesterday, and um, I'd have to go back and look at it, but it contains, you know, information and uh, makeup and that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. And I always I always don't like when I didn't think of it first. <laughs> but, but I think communities and organizations and programs that are doing the hard work are really thinking of ways to not only educate, but I think you're right, it doesn't always have to be, doom and gloom, and particularly when, when we're just trying to have a really good, holistic conversation about it. So these organizations are really finding creative ways to, to address it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I did a little little homework, and I found out that um, in Ohio they're doing a number of different programs. One of them is produced by the YWCA, which, of course, is very involved in domestic violence issues. And instead of going with the purple, they went with the Red Door Project, Oh, and um, the reason is because it's a um, pop-up gallery called the Red Door, and uh-huh. they're going to present um, the real, real love. And it's I'm reading this um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month theme to help promote healthy and positive relationships while increasing awareness of domestic violence prevention and assistance. The gallery welcomes artists who maybe don't see themselves as such and art buyers who are perhaps just beginning their collections to create and purchase unique works. So they're doing so many things with that project. You know, they're they're promoting healthy yeah. relationships. They're educating about domestic violence issues. They're helping artists and 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 perhaps people who have experienced domestic violence and in, in, in from one way or another um, to express their art. They're helping people start their. I just love this idea. I think it's great. Yes, absolutely. I had not heard of it, but I will certainly look into it and. Um, yeah, it's called the Red Door Project, and they're on Facebook. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I found that Ohio is doing so many things. Wow! Um, and I, I was born and raised in Ohio, so I'm yay Ohio. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're doing uh, a vigil, and of course, I think uh-huh. most of us remember vigils as being about the only way um, yes. that October was celebrated in in years past. Right. Um, and so they're, of course, going to do uh, a candlelight vigil. And uh, they're also going to do, um, where it is here? Da, 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 da. Oh, well, they're just, ha- I guess they're having a, a regular, um, the Claremont County Domestic Violence Sexual Assault Task Force is having a luncheon. Uh-huh. And uh, they have some pretty uh, important uh, speakers from mm-hmm. law enforcement, prosecutor's office, and a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's that's been done in the past, but it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, yes. What are some of the other kind of unique programs you've you've heard about? 
Well, I think what's really interesting as far as as my experience over the past two or three years is more and more uh, college campuses are getting involved in this, um, and they're doing really creative things, such as, you know, when you walk on campus, the first thing you get is a purple ribbon, and you get the information about this. And um, I I heard of one campus that did some kind of puppy race, and I apologize, I don't remember the details. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I thought, oh, that's really a cool idea. You know, you get a you you um, you get a you get to have fun um, while still raising awareness. And my personal opinion is is that's the place I really do hope we're raising awareness and doing things that are creative to get kids involved, young people involved, young adults involved. Um, you know, I think the list is long, Heather. To be honest with you, the list is so long. I don't know that we'd be able to ever keep up with with what people are doing creatively. I think you've hit on something that's really important and why people are getting creative is that I don't think anyone wants to um, have such doom and gloom anymore about the topic, and particularly for those that have been working in it for a long time. And in order to raise people's awareness, you need to to engage them in other ways. And so the puppy race, I think, is a great example of that. If you've got a group of dog lovers who... Um, or non-dog lovers, or somebody who just would like to to not necessarily have that discussion. Don't get me wrong. I think I think the traditional approaches are still very good, but I think what we're doing is we're what we're seeing is that people are not only doing the traditional rallies, vigils, those types of things, but there's a month long, there's a month period where they can do other things, um, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that that's what's happening is that there's this. Um, particularly on social media, a lot of stuff going on on social media um, in regards to the different things that people are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that uh, crossed my mind is, you know, you get me started on something and my mind just starts whizzing away at you know, ideas. Right. Uh, with the pet thing, I could picture the pets all dressed. People love to dress their pets in costumes. I, I have a 136-pound dog, I'm, and she... She will not wear a costume. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, but <laughs> but people love to put their pets in costumes. And oh if, yeah. If we took a, did an event around dogs or or pets and put them in purple costumes, maybe do a little parade or uh, take them to visit you know therapy yes. dogs go all over the place you know. Yes. And, yes. Uh, so if we could do the tie the purple in with the pet, maybe that would be mm-hmm. uh, uh, an interesting way. Another thing that I saw was um, there's one group that. Uh, wanted to kind of capitalize on Halloween, so they've developed treat bags to sell or to give away, I guess. And uh, they're reflective treat bags, but they have uh, the hotline number on them. I'll be darn. And so That's the awesome. children can basically be distributing the hotline number right. uh, in a safe way. And, right. um, yeah, and so, you know, that can bring some awareness, but it could also bring some safety. Um, I think so. I was kind of impressed by that one, the Halloween tree bag. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's well, and you know, there's a lot going on. So the the ability to to com- compartmentalize them all. I I really do hope that this next year that we take some time and think about the creative ways that people have done things. And and there's probably a lot that can be replicated, um, you know, throughout the United States. Um, that other people have done. And, I, I mean, for some reason, the puppy race just sticks in my mind, and I'd love to see that happen. So. 
Well, who doesn't like puppies? Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Everybody loves puppies. I really like the idea of the artwork as well, you know, getting uh, local businesses involved I think is a great idea. That's one of the reasons I like the Purple Lights campaign so much is because they they involve businesses and, you know, go ahead and string some purple lights and then, you you know, it's not, what's it costing you for a string of purple lights, right. you know. Um, and um, it, it's just a great way to uh, kind of just put that purple out there. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so... Um, I. Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, and, and I know that there have been um, several movements with, throughout the United States of, of communities re- asking their city governments and asking their local um, small business districts to do the same. Um, I'm so glad that she's been successful because I guarantee you it will be replicated. She'll probably yeah. get a lot of calls to say, how did you make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, an, an interesting uh, thing. Um, you know, I was talking to you about the uh, uh, Purple Lights Night in Oswego, New York. Um, I don't know if anybody on the East Coast is uh, Oswego is a little 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 place in New York, but they have their annual Shine the Light on Domestic Violence campaign, and mm-hmm. again using the color purple. Um, mm-hmm. to be shining, and they've got them at, instead of businesses, they're focused on colleges and um, um, things like uh, public sc- uh, sculpture, public statues, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, so, again, with the purple, you know, let's just mm-hmm. get that mm-hmm. purple out there. You know, pr- I have to tell you, purple is one of my least favorite colors, but oh, I'm all purple in October. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, and it just so happens it's my favorite, so it, it all works out for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but the creativity, I think, in people, and you mentioned a good point about how to um, tailor. You have to look at your community yes. to tailor you know, I mean, yeah. I know I grew up in a very poor environment, and when they would have luncheons or something like that for some sort of a, a, a cause, that was just not something that my demographic went to. Just right. didn't go to. Absolutely. You know, you didn't have extra money to pay for a luncheon, let alone like a $25 luncheon or something, you know. Right. Um, so you really have to look at your community and see if it's a bowling community or a luncheon community or an outdoor hiking community. You know, you people have runs and and walks all the time to support causes this would be a great time to do it uh for domestic violence unless you're in one of those really really cold snowy states um (laughs) um, let me see i looked at the uh, silent witness Uh and um in nova scotia they're doing that Uh and in broward county they're doing Uh that Yeah. Uh Broward County actually has um boy they they have involved campuses and churches and restaurants and children's clothing centers. I mean they just really um have gone out of their way and and really made this kind of a community event. Right. So um I think sometimes when we think of Broward County we think of things that are rather grim, but uh, right. boy these mm-hmm. They're a roller skating derby. Yes, they're doing a roller and, skating and, and derby. And I know of, I know of uh, yes. at least a couple of golf tournaments that I've heard about, um, where um, 
you know, the, you get to play golf. And I know particularly for the larger victim services organizations that that's really attractive because it's a way um, that, let's be honest, mostly men, well, I shouldn't say mostly men, but it's, it's attractive to men for men to play golf. And if they're out there chipping away, then, then they get to play golf and make donations to uh, domestic violence shelters, and um, you provide information to them when they come to play golf. So, yeah. I actually yeah. like the roller derby idea a lot. <laughs> I do, too. You know, because people are yeah. more active now than they used to be. They don't want to just, yeah. you know, turn out. They want to turn out for something. Right. Um, and and do something, even, you know, if it's not directly working with the, the group, they want to do something besides just yes. sit there. Um, yes. So, yeah, I like that one, too. I mean, I would never get on roller skates myself. I, I <laughs> Me either. <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to ice skate. And the first time I went out ice skating, of course, we went on ponds. We didn't have, you know, uh, ice skating rinks or anything. And I was just beginning to learn how to, you know, go on my roller skate or my ice skates. And I went whoop, over this little bump, and I looked down, and it was a fish frozen in the ice. And I just ran right over it and cut it in half, and that was it. I've never been on ice skates again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. It was very traumatic for me running oh, over that frozen you fish. Oh, you poor thing. Never been on yeah. ice skate on my in my entire life, and now I know why. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. well, with the rinks, you don't have to worry about running over fish. But <laughs> that's right, right, right. Yeah, but it was it was a shock to me. I just ah. <laughs> right, right. So the the um, creative ideas out there there just seems to be no end to them if you're doing something in your community that you think is a little different or a little helpful give us a call 646-378-0430 and i think one of the things that we're talking about here ruth is that you got to make it something that's not just gloom and doom right Um, right because people get gloom and doom i i you know i mean i i do a lot of public speaking on domestic violence and and I always object to the what I call uh, dusting off and dragging out the victim. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. like the only time that a lot of organizations want to incorporate victims is to mm-hmm. share their experiences at the fundraisers. Yes. Yes. And I just object to that so much. I find that just really counterproductive because when a victim tells her story, there is so much in that story so much, and she only tells a little fraction of her story. And right. yet you can see people, you know, when they hear about the first incident, they have sympathy. When they hear about the second incident, they, they still feel sorry for this woman. By the time you're at the fifth or sixth incident, they're starting to think, what's wrong with that woman? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And they just kind of shut down. They don't want to hear anymore. It's too painful. And so I think we have to be really judicial um, and and really evaluate uh, the benefit of sharing some of the horror that women have gone through with this. I think it needs to be in small doses, and I think think it needs to be really judicial. And Domestic Violence Awareness Month is a chance to, for us to focus on, as you said, the more positive aspect. Look how many people are involved. Look at how much of the community is involved. And look at the wonderful things um, that we're doing uh, to help domestic violence. So uh, the other thing that I think is important is realizing that people want to do something. They want to have some fun, and uh, they want to participate, and we just have to be really creative about it. Um, right. You know? Right. So um, when in, in history, 
in historically in your career, have organizations other than domestic violence organizations ever taken on DV Awareness Month? Yes, I got an interesting call yesterday that was just fabulous. Um, a gentleman um, who has a workplace solutions business. Um, it, what he did is last year uh, they had another project that they every year this particular organization has to pick projects or a social responsibility project, so to speak. And so this is definitely a corporation. And um, the, he his experience last year for for the homeless activities that they were doing helped him realize that a lot of the women that they were encountering as they were doing these projects over the week's worth of time were domestic violence victims. And he said, I didn't realize. I had no idea. So they began um, their year-long project this month, um, and it's going to be centered around domestic violence. And so they are doing um, uh, a lot of different things, uh, not just this month, um, but throughout the year for domestic violence. They're a national corporation, so they've um, and I and I don't feel at liberty to discuss it yet because he's supposed to get a press release to me soon. Okay. But um, they are go- they they have four locations throughout the United States. So each of those locations have chosen a local program that they're working with, and they're doing things the typical things, the traditional things like donation drives and such. But they're also doing other creative things, which is partnering individuals from the workplace uh, corporation with. Um, a survivor who may be on her way out of the program, and this person is helping them build their resume and do some things that are really empowering for that survivor. Um, so that's a corporation that is doing something pretty creative. Because so not only are they just saying, you know, let's be aware of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but they're actually doing activities um, that are really helpful, and they plan to keep the mentoring project going for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Uh, you yeah, know, until next October. Sure, and that's wonderful to carry it out through the year. Yes. Um, you know, I, I just, ugh, I was, um, I made a little list of some of the activities, you know, that, that um, I saw uh, on the Internet, doing my little Internet search. And another cute idea, I thought, was to um, have a dance. Oh, some yeah. People, some, there's a group that's having a dance. Um, mm-hmm. to um, honor that. And I know in our area there are two or three great places um, where pe- they teach dancing. And uh-huh. so it would be great to have some sort of community dance and click on with them. So, um, again, the ideas are, are endless. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Anything yeah. that's fun I think can be used as an, as an opportunity to educate. I absolutely think that. Believe yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, one of the things that I would like to talk about is that, you know, why October? I've always wondered that. Do you know why October? You know, um, I think it was born out of, um, and Heather, you're, you're very aware of this. I, I've been involved in domestic violence for 20 plus years, but um, just became the executive director here six months or six weeks ago. See, it feels like oh, wow. six months. <laughs> Welcome so, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, it's been a fascinating and wonderful six weeks. Um, but I think it was born out of the Day of Unity, and I think uh, NCADV at that time looked at the Day of Unity and said, "What else can we do? If we're talking about unifying people, then we've got to make sure that we're addressing um, what a particular 
population of these United States is facing, which is domestic violence. And so they capitalized on that and decided to make it a month um, of education and awareness. And um, thus it was born, and uh, all programs and, and organizations that deal with domestic violence find ways um, to ensure that their community community is educated and has become aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. And I think that all of these activities that we're talking about help the community become aware, and they help it helps them in a way um, that's not, um, you know, I mean, obviously domestic violence is a difficult topic. Obviously Absolutely. it's sad. Uh, but... Uh, by emphasizing the sadness, sometimes people won't won't jump on board. So by emphasizing the positive things about what we're doing and what's happening uh, in this field, I think is also a wonderful way to bring people Absolutely. on board. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Well, tell us, you know, I didn't give a very good introduction to you, Ruth, when we oh. started our conversation. Um, do you want to just briefly explain your background and how you got to where you are today? Well, absolutely. I'm. I, it's interesting how I got in where I am today. Um, so um, I, I am um, a Colorado um, transplant. So I've been in Colorado the past thirty years. I am a survivor of violence, domestic violence. I've been safe for twenty-two years. Um, I've been involved in the work of domestic violence for about twenty years. Once I um, realized that there, I had a passion um, for making something different happen. And so I've been doing that for 22 years, volunteering, that type of thing. During that 20 years, I worked for the state of Colorado and worked for them for 28 years. The last 10 of those 28 years, I was the director of the state of Colorado domestic violence program. Wonderful work, but mostly on the Sunday administration side. And October of last year, I decided to retire from the state and... uh, try to do something different. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do something different. And um, uh, sat around for a few months, which was really good. I needed a break. And then this opportunity presented itself um, with the vacancy and the ED position for the National Coalition. And um, I decided I would like to do that. And so here I am. And I've been here uh, since August 4th. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. My friends tease me, tease me endlessly about retirement. We thought you were retired. Um, but I've got to tell you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I've got to tell you, I know so many people who don't retire. You know, yeah, they just move yeah. to a different field or a different job. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just amazing. And I, of course, am at the age where I need to look at that as well. I, mean, I think, no, no way. Right, <laughs> as right, a matter of fact. Yeah. I'm still going to school. I'm I'm working on my dissertation for my PhD, um, and uh, it, it's just you know if I ever live long enough to actually get this sucker, uh, <laughs> I'm right. astounded. Astounded. Well, I'm impressed that. by you though. It's one of the things that I have wanted to do, and just thought, nah, thinking no. <laughs> Well, you know, I, when I first started, uh, of course, we we talked about before how we both were our um, uh, graduates of the UC uh, Denver um, School of Domestic Violence. Yes. And, um, you know, you were a couple years before me. You were cohort two or one? Yes, two. Two. So that means yes. you were the second group to go through. Yes, the second. I was cohort 
seven, I think, six or seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I think it was six or seven. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. so I forget. Um, <laughs> but, All I knew is, is I wasn't in number one. <laughs> that I remember yeah. very clearly. <laughs> but it was a brand-new program when I when I got there, and I'm certain it yeah. was cohort two. Oh, it was just it, – I found it was just such an – enlightening program for me um yes. it really did it changed my life it changed the focus of my work um it, it did everything even though i knew i would not be able to be one of those people that uh works one-on-one with counseling yes i just i couldn't do that um I, it just i couldn't mm-hmm. um so um, let's see. So I appreciate yeah. anyone so, that can come to that and um, be able to say that's not where I'd like to put my energy. But there are so many other ways that we can be involved in the movement to end domestic violence. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are so many ways, and I think that's the beauty of October for us in the domestic violence yes. field is to let people know how many ways there are where you can help. Um, it doesn't have to be counseling victims. Not everybody's right. cut out to do that. Uh, I certainly am not. Um, I'd either be sitting there in a puddle crying with them, or I'd be going, oh, right. get over it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Even though intellectually I know it's not that easy, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, okay, so we both come from the University of Colorado Denver program, which if anybody out, is out there, look it up. It is a great program if you're considering um, learning more about this field. And I wonder, now they have a criminal justice degree. Yes. Uh, when you and I went through, it was all public administration. Yes. But now yes. they have the criminal justice one, which is great, you know, oh, for, for people so working jealous. in that field. Right. Yes, I am too. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's certainly a concentration that I would have taken. Me too. I mean, I, I, I really do that. appreciate my concentration in, in public administration, but I would have totally um, appreciated that uh, the criminal justice perspective. Exactly. I, I yeah. would have done the exact same thing. You know, it yeah. would have um, it would have been helpful, I think, for yes. me and track I'm going on. But uh, the point is, there's and and uh, what I find now is that I tend to focus a lot on the research out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, which I find fascinating. A lot of people are not into the research stuff, but um, I find it fascinating to know what what's going on and what people are thinking. Um, and I just find that uh, fascinating. So, okay, so let's talk about Domestic Violence Awareness Month in the future. What's it going to be like next year? Um, have you seen participation increasing? Um, What's your best guess? My best guess and the trends that we're seeing is that um, I, I really do think, and and unfortunately it's certainly due mostly to recent events, we're seeing the conversation continue in a way that we've never seen it continue before or ongoing. So I think it's been, um, unfortunately for the people involved, it's been um, interesting to watch that this has not died down. So the conversation that began at the end of August um, due to the NFL events has really not stopped. Um, usually we see a spike and, you know, um, 
it's been an event and people move on. The conversation has continued, and I think October uh, fell, the Awareness Month fell as a perfect timing with all of this. And I think that not only are we seeing wonderful, fabulous things happening happening this year around awareness, I don't think it's going to change. I think we're going to see more and more. Um, my staff and I talked about it um, last week, and we just feel very strongly that we're going to see more and more social media around it. We're going to see more and more activities in local communities. And I firmly believe that we will see more national activities, and certainly from our organization, but um, other national organizations. So I don't. I, I think we are just on the cusp of some really good things in regards to raising awareness and moving more towards uh, intervention and prevention than just um, the tragic stories. And yeah. I, I don't mean to say just as though they're minimal because yes. I still. Um, feel very strongly that no one should have to endure domestic violence, but I think we are seeing a different trajectory. Well, and I think that we've also become a more, uh, or at least a lot of people, not everyone, of course, uh, not everyone believes in domestic violence. I mean, I was walking the dog um, not too long ago and ran into an ex-NFL player, uh-huh. and I asked him what he thought about the Ray Rice situation, and he hasn't played professionally for quite some time and his response was well you don't know what she did to provoke it and i practically <laughs> screamed i yes. practically screamed but the guy was six foot five and you know <laughs> yeah so i thought no no I'll, I'll just nod and say oh that's how you feel yeah okay. yeah <laughs> but well, uh, uh-huh. yeah yeah that is not but, uncommon but, yeah, so yeah. when I, you know, we, we're in rather a, a, an isolated environment in a lot of ways because we work with people who get it, who understand yes. it. Yeah. Um, and we forget sometimes that there's a whole population out there that may or may not get it. Right. Um, so that, of course, is the whole purpose of the DV Awareness Month. Um, yes. But I think that we've also seen a shift a little bit, or an expansion, not really a shift. Our expansion of understanding of domestic violence is not just bruises and broken bones. Right. I you know, agree. People are, they're starting to understand that that psychological, yes. emotional abuse can be devastating. Yes. And I and I actually think that's also the change in the conversation that I've never seen before. Is I think that there there's you're right because we we get to talk to people that get it, um, but the people for instance I'll just give you an example. I've probably done fifty media interviews over the past three weeks, simply because of the events of last month. But the questions are so different now, and they really are exactly what you've just said. So we know uh, domestic violence uh, is about physical abuse, but can you talk about some of the other um, mm-hmm. issues that occur? And, and it's been fabulous. Um, I think we have this wonderful opportunity to educate people in a way that we never have before. And about yeah. those particular things, what are the what are the dynamics of domestic violence? What does domestic violence look like? It's, well, it's not always physical. It's this, it's that. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it is helpful for uh, victims to understand, too. Because, yes. uh, you know, 20 years ago, a woman who was being psychologically bashed, and I know a lot of them, uh, would would literally think, just hit me. If you hit me, then I know I can get out without being you know, perceived as the bitch. Yes. Um, And that sounds shocking, but I know many women who have Mm -hmm. actually confessed that to me. 
um, they they equated what they were experiencing was less less than abuse. Right. When in fact it was very abusive. Um, and a lot of the research shows that women who have experienced both physical and um, non-physical abuse would much rather be abused physically if they had to go through it again rather than psychologically. Right. Um, broken bones mend. Uh, it's really yes. hard to mend your brain. Yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah. So, you know, good on Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Whoever came up with it was a genius. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, I can't take credit for it. <laughs> oh, darn, darn. Darn it. Well, we, got, we have to talk about the, those ties. I, you know, we need right, to come yeah. up with a way to do that. Right. You know, find a right. designer to donate his or her Absolutely. time, and we'll come up with DV ties for the guys to Absolutely. join in, in October. Absolutely. Yeah, or, you know, it doesn't have to be just October, you know. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they can make it. They can make it pretty enough so these guys will want to wear it all the time. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, what's in the future for you personally, as uh, in your new position? Well, um, I think it's again an exciting time. I, I I feel really blessed because this is the work that I've always wanted to do. I I felt a little. Um, it, it didn't have the same freedom to be uh, an advocate, advocate, activist as I in my my uh, other role as I do now. Um, So personally, I'm hoping that we can continue to move the issue forward in a way that's that's the most helpful for victims and survivors, as well as those that can make an an influence on our society about violence against women and domestic violence. So um, personally, I just feel re-energized and um, good about um, what I am doing now, and I hope I'm doing it right, but it's it's a, it's been a great time. And I hope to be here for a little while, um, affecting some kind of change or helping, helping to affect some change. So that's for me personally. I have no desire. Well, I do, but I don't have the... Um, energy to get my PhD, so <laughs> I'll just share that with you. I applaud you for doing that. Somebody once said to me, oh, you do so much, how do you do it all? And I said, easy, I do it all half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. No problem. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. It's all half-done, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. What about National Coalition? What's in the future for the National Coalition? You know, I again I, I sound like a broken record, but I feel really excited about what um our future is. I think um we ha- are on the cusp of really um um being a part of this national movement in a different mm-hmm. way. I think that um, dialogue is different now. I'm so excited about that. I think that the means by which we educate is different now. I think we have organizations that we're looking forward to working with, um, and and I mean really major organizations and workplaces and those kinds of things, and really um, affecting a culture change um, throughout the United States, and particularly on um, you know, the society influencers, so to speak, and that would be large corporations and organizations and such. So um, I'm hoping that we, you and I have this conversation again next October, and it'll be a conversation about the fabulous things that have happened um, over the year. Great. 
Yeah. And by that time, hopefully, knock wood, <laughs> I'll yes. have that PhD. <laughs> You're, there we go, and we'll be celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I told my kids, I said, you know, if I ever actually get this thing, you're going to have to put it on my tombstone. Promise me. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be the only one you in the cemetery with initials after my name. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, speaking of which, um, you know, in, in my process of doing my, my dissertation, one of the things that we do is to look for funding for our research. Uh-huh. Does the National Coalition ever do that, or are you aware of organizations that do? If a woman has an idea for research, um, you know, do you have any ideas for for people like that? That would not be something that we can absolutely help with. We can put you in touch with people that, you know, you or anyone else, we can put someone in touch with somebody that might be able to help them. Our work is really around helping the local programs and then certainly making sure that we have the support and resources that we need to do the job. So um We'd be happy to to help anyone that has, you know, we're happy to be here for anybody that has any question or desire or need of resources or referral. Um, So we do a lot of that. But our focus is really on how we can best support those local programs that are providing direct services and then um, particularly and and especially doing our own fundraising so that we can continue to do that work. So, Yeah. Well, we'll come up with a line of clothes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. I I'm thinking. Purple um, boots, purple ties. Yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. Those rubber rain boots that everybody's wearing. Yeah, you know? yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, umbrellas. Oh, gosh, yeah. there's a whole world yeah, out the there. the list goes on and on. <laughs> we'll talk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have enjoyed this, this day. I've enjoyed this conversation with you, Ruth, and I wish you all the best. Now, Every state has a state coalition. Am I right? Yes. Is there any state yes. in, that or does a not coalition. have one? Yes. Now, I'm okay. unaware of a state that does not have one, but I believe that um, every state has a coalition or a co- coalition-like organization. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Okay. And uh, so if you would like to learn more about your state coalition, just look them up. And uh, it would be, for example, here in Washington, it's the Washington Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And uh, you can learn more about your state. And if you need to have more information about the resources available close to you, call the DV hotline, 1-800-799-7233. 799-7233. That's the national hotline for um, giving information and help to people who are experiencing domestic violence. I usually end our show, Ruth, with a a request that if there's any uh, brief message you'd like to give our listeners, please do so now. Absolutely. Um, You gave the hotline number. I also want your listeners to know that there is a new online database, never happened before, uh, but we are sponsoring a database called domesticshelters.org. Again, that's domesticshelters.org. You can put in your city and your zip code and find the nearest program that you either need to contact for resources and referral or if you want to donate and provide funding or help or offer yourself to them as a volunteer. Um, And so domesticshelters.org is new, and we're excited to, to be sponsoring that. And shelters can use so many things, from personal yes. product to, of course, money to toys yes. for children. To I mean, there are so many ways to be helpful to a shelter. Yes. 
Well, I thank you, Ruth, for being with us. I'd like to end our show with a quote, and today I actually have two quotes. This first one is from Selma Hayek. Am I saying her name right? Say, Hel- Selma Hayek? Hayek. The actress? Hayek. Yes, Hayek. Okay. Um, and she says, if you give me... If you give me any problem in America, I can trace it down to domestic violence. It is the cradle of most problems, economic, psychological, educational. Wow. And I think that in many ways that's true. You know, we have so many, like you said, the homeless people who uh, people don't really realize that a lot of those women are homeless because of domestic violence. You can always trace it back. And the final quote is from Bill Cosby. Uh The main goal of the future is... Stop violence. The world is oh. addicted to it. Yes. Oh. And I Wonderful. think that's a whole other show, but I think yes, that's it very is. true. <laughs> yes. So thank you again for being with us. If you would like to hear the show again or, or let, uh, give the direction for somebody else to uh, hear the show, you can go to the website, which is blogtalkradio.com slash three women, three ways. That's the digit three digit three three women three ways and you can log into any of our previous episodes and uh enjoy with you know what we have to say there and learn from what we have to say there and i must say ruth i've been doing this almost three years now so we have a lot of really wonderful topics in that archive so thank you for being with us and thank you for listening please join us next week Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.